Hey guys, welcome back to a new podcast. Um, I have good news, bad news, great news. Uh, the first thing is I messed up. I messed up, but there's some wisdom behind what I'm about to say, I guess. So that 25,000, it didn't clear through. The last client I was trying to get, it didn't work out. Um, I was only able to clear 15,000 that month, which is still pretty surprising for me to say. Uh, 15,000 from going from 6,000 a month to now over double that from what I used to get at my salary job. Uh, make no mistake, it was a crazy hustle. You know, I work day in, day out. I work at the hours that people are going out. You know, I work out, I mean, I work sometimes at one in the morning, two in the morning. Some days I take off completely. Some days I only work two day, two hours a day, three hours, five hours, 12 hours, 14 hours. So it's super crazy and it's definitely by no means like, you know, a side hustle. There's no such thing, I think, as a side hustle. Um, and you'll never make it in your side hustle if it's something that's on the side, right? I had a client, uh, a broker of mine, and he has a cool little story. And his story went like this. Nick, I was once a realtor and I was also selling phones. And a client of mine came by in front of me and he said, Doug, what are you doing? I thought you sold phones. I mean, I thought you were in real estate. Why are you selling phones? And he's like, because this is my side hustle. Real estate is my side hustle. And he's like, you will never be good at real estate if you're here selling phones. And I understood that as your business will never flourish if you're doing something else at the same time. Okay. Now, if your business is now doing extremely good and you can isolate yourself and abstract yourself from that process, yeah, go ahead and start another business. But if you find yourself at work um, coding like I was eight hours a day, you're brain dead by the time you get home. At what point are you going to start working? At what point are you going to be answering your client's phone calls? At what point are you going to be meeting deadlines in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day when you're at work? So you can easily tell that it's just not efficient. Okay. So let's go through what we're going to touch on today. Today is going to talk mostly about my first client, um, how I went through that whole process, you know, getting clients on Fiverr, on LinkedIn, on Upwork, on freelance, on CodeMap, referrals from family, from friends, how I increased my prices, when I rejected clients, when I blocked clients, you know, little cool stories, uh, pricing types of clients, my strategies, and all that stuff. So let's start from the very beginning and where we left off. So within that last episode, we spoke about how my former employer, he called me and said, Nick, got to let go. We got to let you go. You got to start your own thing, blah, blah, blah. And it happened, right? That, that same day where I was let go, it was one of the biggest realizations of my life. And that was that feeling, that primordial feeling of survival, you could say, right? So I went, I had no time to, you know, be like, oh no, this sucks. I lost my job. It was more of, okay, what's the strategy to keep going? Because I have bills that need to be paid. I have, <clears throat> I, you know, I have a future that I still want to create. So how can I make that happen? And I still wanted to start my own business. So why not start it right now? So 
that year, uh, in January, I had already incorporated my business with SunBiz. I'm in here in Florida, so I went to sunbiz.org or dot whatever. Uh, I created my uh, I created my company name, which was called Bite This. I used my home address as the business address. And within a couple of days, I got a, the FEIN number, signed up for a bank account, uh, did all that good stuff. But the business was inactive because it was my side hustle, right? I tried to do it while I was at work for six months and nothing happened. I never got a client. I, and, and I was even working less hours. I went from a 40-hour work week to a 32-hour work week, and I still didn't get any clients. So that's a big lesson right there. Just jump in for a leap. But the thing was, I had 20K saved up. Okay, for some people, that's not a lot. For some people, that's a shit ton, right? I have friends that have, you know, 40, 50K saved up and they're scared of um, spending even $1,000 on something that's their passion. Okay, meanwhile, I had only 20,000 saved up and I was willing to throw it all into this business. I didn't care. I even put 10,000 into crypto, lost eight, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, all I can say is you have to be ballsy, especially if you're at my age, you know, between 20 and 30 years old and you're just starting out. I mean, it's so easy to make it all back. Okay. So basically put your money where your mouth is. But if you're going to start your thing by yourself, always, always at least have some money saved up for bills, for emergencies and stuff like that. But this business runs extremely lean. As in, all I need really to pay monthly is LinkedIn, 80 bucks. Um, Photoshop, another 40, 50 bucks a month. Webflow, maybe $20 a month. So under like $300, you can have an operating business ready to go and start getting some leads. And your first client, you close them for 100, 200, 500, $1,000, and you already have that paid. So it's not something like, opening up a traditional physical store, getting inventory and having to do all these things. I would say coding, design, all this stuff is super, super inexpensive to get into to get your first client because that's what I did and I know. So how did I start off, right? How do you start marketing yourself if you're just a designer? How do you start marketing yourself if you're just a coder? Because the skills that I got from when I was coding day in and day out, eight days a week, oh, sorry, four, five days a week, um, I had the skills of a full stack developer that knew XXYY languages and was able to create web applications. Well, if you go ahead and put that in your LinkedIn profile, guess what's going to happen? Nothing. Exactly. Nothing, 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 nothing is going to happen. No one's going to click on your stuff. No one's going to care to read about you because it's like saying I'm a mechanic. It's like saying I'm a pilot. It's like saying I create shoes. What shoes do you create? What planes do you fly? What cars do you fix? What is it that you design? What distinguishes you a tiny bit? You know, you don't have to find a crazy niche and say, I design shoes that are tailored for wedding dresses on the day of, no, right? It just has to be like, I tailor shoes for this. In my case, I was coming out with a set of skills 
that can be used for clients with really big projects. We're talking about 30,000 all the way up to 100,000. But how was I on myself? Someone that had no track record except for, you know, a nice resume, my paper looked good, but I didn't have any previous clients. Um, how was I going to go out and say, hey, I'll help you with this project. It'll cost you more expensive than a Mercedes and I'll do it all by myself. And I have nothing to prove except for my previous work. You know, no one is going to trust you with that because a big project normally needs more than one developer. A big project needs, it needs a lot of things. Okay. So I wasn't able to go that route. I wasn't able to clear out a niche like that. Luckily enough, I had found this software while I was developing and it was a software called Webflow. And it's this thing that allows you to interactively design the front end of a website. Now, the biggest thing that I hated when I was coding was that when we ever, whenever we had to design the front end, we had to pass it off to our front end designer and he would have to code it line by line. Or if I had to do it, I had to code it line by line. And you can imagine when you're trying to be creative and you can't even freaking paste this square box in the middle of a page because the code has to be a certain way, it gets extremely frustrating and your creativity starts to dwindle and you're like, you know what? I kind of just hate this. So I found Webflow, which allowed you to bypass all that. And you can obviously still need to know the fundamentals of organizing a layout, the architecture of the front end so that everything can be modular. It can look good and be responsive. So you still need some time to learn that, but it allowed me to be creative faster, quicker, and I was able to market myself as a Webflow developer, someone that used this because there was already a market cut out for people that were, you know, they said, I want to do my website with Webflow, but then they only got a quarter of the way through and said, well, this is pretty hard. Let me call up an expert and have them do it for me. So they'd go to LinkedIn and look up Webflow developer and boom, there I am. Okay. So that was my first way of getting in the, in the ring with $10,000 clients and, you know, between five to $20,000 clients instead of that 30 to a hundred, because I wanted to be realistic. So after that happened, okay, we had the, um, I started, oh, bu bubble, bubble. That's the thing. Bubble is another one. Bubble.io. It allows you to create software, okay, with no code, so you can drag and drop elements, but you still need to know the architecture of code design so that things can be run well. So it's always this little gimmick of, oh, no code. You don't have to know how to code, to code, da 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 No. Unfortunately, you still need to know a little bit, but it's not a lot. And you can get things done faster, and you can start having your first clients. Now. What did I do to actually make my LinkedIn profile look good? What did I do to make myself uh, actually good at Webflow? Again, I made an investment. I put $700 into a, uh, a course to learn everything about Webflow, um, how to get the projects, how to source the project. Well, not source because I was doing everything myself, but how to set up things, you know, everything you could want to learn about it. I took that course. 
Okay. I became a part of a community, uh, bounced ideas back and forth. I saw how things were moving. And now that I had this skill, I, I put it in my back pocket and I also learned about bubble. Okay. With this one, I saw a bunch of videos. There wasn't any courses because the courses I think were like $3,000 and it wasn't really that hard to learn. So I put that skill in my back pocket as well. Now came sales. How do I get those clients? Well, that came through LinkedIn first, but you know what, how do I do that? Right? Cause all I have is the LinkedIn profile. What comes after what makes people different? And that came down to creating content. Okay. I took a course, another course I paid, I think 400, $500. And this girl, she taught everything. How do you optimize your profile? Um, everything about SEO keywords, making sure you have the right things, um, as much referrals as possible. Uh, you have how to connect with people, how to talk to people with the first connection. And here's basically how it went. I would post two to three times a day on LinkedIn. One would be a meme. The other two times would be an article or a, just a little brief uh, comment on something. And then the other one would be a video. Okay. So I had about three times five is 15 pieces of content a week. And out of those 15, five videos, five, uh, gifts, and then another one of just comments. Now that might seem a lot, but what I would do is I would do it all the filming on one day. I would get all the posts ready on one day. I would have everything set up. And then I would go to a website called buffer.io, I think. And this would allow me to schedule everything in advance. And this way I was never having to pay attention to it during business critical hours. And that saved me a lot of time. And little do you know, people started commenting, they started engaging. I got a client out of that. And I was always very, uh, I was very goofy because LinkedIn is so boring, monotonous, professional, and just brain dead sucking life out of you, right? There's nothing glorious about it. And I wanted to be that little beacon of, you know, happiness, light, you know, just, just to mess around. And that's who I was on LinkedIn. That's who I kind of am on LinkedIn. Um, I wouldn't take anyone serious. Um, I would always joke around. And whenever I wanted to connect with someone that I thought was, you know, higher up there, was like the project developer of this cool company, I would just, I wouldn't say, oh my God, I love your work. Let's connect. Or, Hey, I'm a designer. Let's connect. I can have work for you. I would just say, yo, I love your style. Um, and I would comment on whatever project they did. And then I would say, you know, here are my coordinates. If you want to just hop by in your, in your, in your chopper, whatever, like I would just have fun and they would laugh so hard they'd see me as a friend and we'd connect. And I never, ever, ever, ever tried to sell to anyone. I never reached out to anyone saying, hey, I'm a developer and I do this. I think our businesses can, um, they can do better with each other. No, I was like, hey bro, I like your style. Let's connect, um, you know, just stuff like that. And girls that were, you know, crazy, I'd be like, oh, your hair looks insane. What the heck, that's awesome. Uh, you know, so just always being yourself. And if that's not you, that's okay. Uh, you can, there's always, there's always a group of people out there that will resonate with your vibe. Just don't be serious on 
LinkedIn, right? There's so many people out there that are trying to be serious. Nobody needs that and nobody wants it. So with that way, I was able to get some clients on LinkedIn. So content is king. Content is content is good, is good, is good, is good. Like I talk about these companies on my videos and they are responding to me, right? Before I used to only get 10 views. Now I get 500 views before I used to get one like now I'm getting 30 likes before no one used to comment. Now the companies are commenting on it. So it's a, it's a time thing. It's an investment, but it's well worth it. How do I make my videos? I make them almost like Facebook videos where I have a catchy title at the top. I have subtitles playing through the article, the video, and I have two views. I have my screen showing and I have my face showing. Okay. And this way you can have people that are scrolling through LinkedIn. They look at your video. They don't have to put on the audio and they can see exactly what you're doing. They get a feel for who you are through your face and they get to see what you're doing on the computer. And they have a nice uh, title to see what's going on and a subtitle to get them hooked. Okay. And then in the comment, you tell exactly what you're saying. Don't hold it back. Don't tell them you have to watch the video to figure out what you're going to say. Tell them exactly what it is. Say, I talk about this, this, and that. Um, that's it. And if they really want to see the video, they'll see it. Don't ever make someone work for anything, especially if you're just, you know, it's just content. Um, so now let's go into Fiverr because I wanted to make sure I was exhausting every single possible way of making money, any single way of getting leads, I was going to eat it up. And that's what I did with Fiverr. I looked at the competitors. Um, also on LinkedIn, I looked at the competitors of everyone. I've, I copied all my competitors and made it 10 times better. Okay. That's the biggest secret. And that's what I did to Fiverr as well. I went on there. I found this girl that was doing copywriting and I really loved how she was presenting herself. Her first image was a video and it was explaining what she did. The next images were of, of good projects that she did. Her profile was perfectly done, highlighted in the right areas, perfect tone of voice, no wasting time. Um, and she had a bunch of different gigs like this. I Googled this girl. She ended up being like some influencer. Her name is Alexandra Fazulo. I got in contact with her. She kind of helps people how to create Fiverr profiles and how to do these things. She makes a killing on Fiverr. She makes around like 35K a month, which is, you know, it's big money for me. What I'm making is little money for her, <laughs> but it doesn't really matter, right? We're all, on, we're all on the same ladder, somewhere on just different steps and everyone's willing to help each other out, just like I'm here willing to help you out, right? And she's willing to help me out. So there's... There's always a way to make it and there's always a nice, beautiful set of people that are there to help you. So with Fiverr, I was able to get clients within the next day. People started hitting me up. I said my first thing as $10 for one entire page. <laughs> it was so cheap and it was the most work I ever did, but I accepted. This lady hit me up on Fiverr and she said, $10 for one page, is this real? I go, it's all yours. You're my first client. She's like, Oh my God, no way. Let's do it. So I did it. And the next client I got, he's like, Nick, I see it's $10, but I need a couple more pages done. Can you give me a quote? Sure. I did three pages for $300. <laughs> and still that was so much of my time, but I already had now two reviews. They were both five-star reviews and that was better than nothing. 
Okay, so I was basically just buying reviews. Okay, uh, and it worked out. You know, I was able to get that money, right? I was able to now have a little bit more money to pay off my car for that month, to pay off rent, food, and here we go. It starts snowballing. Next client came in at five hundred. Next one in was an hourly project. Then it was a thousand. Then two thousand. Then my biggest client on Fiverr has been four thousand so far, but Fiverr takes a huge cut. I'm saying like if you close a client at three thousand three hundred, you're only clearing out two thousand six hundred. All right, so it's a big big b i t c h to work on Fiverr, but who cares? They're bringing in the money. They're bringing in the leads. You got to close them, make sure it goes right, and that is what it is. Now on Fiverr, I am a lot more ballsy because I have more clients, so I can reject anybody I want. If they're, if I can feel their vibe from the very beginning, the way they ask me things, I know if there's someone I want to work with or if not. Um, and Upwork, Upwork was the same thing. Optimized every little thing about it. I uploaded as many projects as I could. I screen recorded. I made videos. I put my face out there, and I got clients. I got a client from from Facebook, and we've been working so far. We did a project for him for five thousand. We've been working hourly. We've done different things. I think so far we've done up to like maybe eight thousand dollars just on that one client. Um, I think I had another client there as well. And then I signed up for freelancer.com, codemap.io, and just a bunch of other websites. None of them really worked. Uh, my main thing is Fiverr, LinkedIn, and Upwork. Okay. Now, what about referrals? Okay, family, friends, and all that. One of my first clients actually was a friend, and they were in the e-commerce business, and another one was a nonprofit. I helped them out. I think uh, it was one page for $500, and for that other friend, I think it was $300 for one page. Okay, to put that into perspective, nowadays for one page, I charge about $4,000. Okay, that's because of the entire process I get through. Okay, now I'm not going to go through that process right now. Maybe we'll do that in another video, and I can screen record, show all you guys that. But you're not really my client, so I don't think you really care.、Um, So, <laughs> at what point did I increase prices, and at what point did I start doing hourly, or at what point did I start getting more comfortable? And I would have to say that it came, it came gradually over time. As soon as I started getting booked, that's when I started increasing prices. So my hourly right now is at a hundred, and it fluctuates up to a hundred fifty, depending on how booked I am. Ideally, ideally, I want to get that hourly rate up to three hundred, but that will only come、uh, with more attention on me. The more attention I have on a YouTube channel, on my LinkedIn, on podcasts, that's when you you can start becoming you know more expensive, and people are going to want to pay for it because they know you're going to be booked, and they know that you're talking about that you know what you're talking about. So. Is it possible? Yes, it's all super possible. You just have to make sure you cut it out a niche. You work hard for it. You don't make it your side hustle. You make it your real thing. Ugh, sorry. 
just burping everywhere. And, and it's possible, you know, you just don't have to give up. So always learn how to say no, reject the clients that you don't want and be careful with the ones you say yes to make sure everything's outlined in proposals, make sure that, you know, you're trying to minimize all risks as possible, but even then you're still going to mess up. You're still going to fuck up and you're going to learn from it. Okay. So that's why ideally your first customers do not pick out big customers, do little things, very, very little things, projects for $50, $100. You never know that if that client will then say, Hey, Nick, let's do this thousand dollar project, 2000, 10,000. And that's how you get the ball rolling. Okay. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, start off very small. And next thing you know, six to 12 months down the line, you'll be making some good money. But always follow that with content because you're the face of your business and the more people see you and the more they like you, uh, the more money you'll get at the end, the more possibilities you'll have for projects. You'll be able to talk to people higher up. Your circle of influence gets bigger and people start trusting you more. So it's, it's a great thing. It's a great place to be. And even if you're not in this industry, I encourage you to start your own thing and and try, try as hard as you can, because we're still very young. So for the next podcast, what shall we talk about? I have a couple things lined up uh, and I'll keep it a surprise, but just like this, it's all about, you know, helping out, telling some stories and making sure that you guys get some inspiration out of this. All right. Until then, many blessings. Uh, God bless every one of you and we'll talk soon.